coming to you from the Spirit Lounge. I'm your host, Lily. With me is my co-host, Vanessa, and this is the Haunted Happy Hour Podcast. Welcome back to the Spirit Lounge, everyone, for another happy hour. Hello. Another Friday happy hour. Another goofy Friday yes, happy, happy hour. It is. <laughs> it's already been goofy. 100%. <laughs> we usually like to make each other laugh before we start anyway, so that kind of gets us hyped up. You asked me if I wanted to play a game, and then I burped into the microphone. <laughs> One of your finest moments. <laughs> So what's going on? Uh, not really a whole lot. In random news, did you see that they're that HBO is doing a Conjuring series? No. Yeah, I just saw that. I want to say yesterday. Really? Yeah. So they're gonna do a series with interesting, you know, Ed and Lorraine Warren. Oh wow. Yeah. About you know we've seen the movies, so it's gonna be based off of all that. But it's going to be with a new storyline, but it's going to be a series. So it's like a show show? Yeah. Like, oh. So I'm pretty excited huh. about that. I know. In case you needed something to watch. my interest. I'm sure. I don't know if I have HBO, though. I'll have to check. We'll have to check. HBO Max, I want to say. Is, what it, is that what it's called we now? Might. These we days? might. We might. I know. <laughs> what the youngins call it. I know. It's like they change the names of them anymore. It's like... I can't keep up. Then now there's it, what? Paranormal or not paranormal. Paramount. Paramount. <laughs> paranormal Plus. <laughs> Paramount Plus. <laughs> Paramount Plus. That's a good one, too. Yeah. And yeah, so I need to check. I need to follow up and see. I need but to make a note to myself. I know, right? Mental note. Put put a pin in it. But it didn't say when it was coming out. So I kept trying to find when if there was a date. Okay. Mm-hmm. But anyway, mm-hmm. that's something to look out for and look forward to i like it i know I like it. it'd be funny if it came out during like spooky season mm-hmm, like fallish yeah that'd that'll be, cool. be that'll be a good one though i i might watch it if we if we have the channel i might watch it i know that's a to do what else anything going on with you um no tired i'm tired again as usual it's a work <laughs> day unlike it our is. typical you know Gosh. weekend recordings Lately, we've been on a kick for recording on Fridays. Which, which is funny, though. So, yeah, I'm always tired when we're recording now on Fridays. <laughs> so it happens when you're but, a parent and an adult. Right. <laughs> but for some reason, I still prefer it, though. I feel like, I don't know, maybe this wakes me up a little bit. And it's plus, fun. And plus, I get to enjoy drinks. It gives us a reason. To drink. To really, <laughs> to really have a true happy hour. Like, well, I have to have drinks because right? we're recording. <laughs> It's a must. <laughs> so on, on another random news, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I saw this article that was ghost hunting on a budget. Oh, yeah. So I was so th- pretty much what we did. I just, well, I was thinking <laughs> back on our, I know, on our days <laughs> and still current, possibly. <laughs> won't won't reveal anything, but oh yeah. So I was thinking about us, and it kind of made me laugh. But it was giving like some pro tips. Like what? <laughs> what are these pro tips? Right. Okay, so one of them was use smartphone apps because they're free. But they did say, you know, just be careful Mm because it's not always reliable, but just kind of play around with it and see what works. Which is interesting to me. So, okay, I know for like the longest time we used, oh, I didn't even know what it was called, some app. 
something that would populate like words on the screen yes and so you would go around asking questions and then all of a sudden these words or whatever it was would like pop up on the screen but it was odd because whenever we would okay we would ask a question but sometimes it would be like okay that doesn't make sense but then someone would be like whoa right that really relates to what we asked like i'm so i'm so curious about that app though i wonder first of all was, was it, ghost, it real? I know. Was, was it, it real? real? Was it called Ghost Radar? Maybe I oh, want to say it was something wanna, like that. Yeah, I think you I might be right. Sure. Yeah. So first of all, was it real? Uh huh. And second of all, I mean, how does it work? Well, here's the thing. One of my friends that's had weird. it. One of the ones that used to right. hunt with us. She got so freaked out with it. She mm-hmm. wound up deleting it because yeah. she would be in her apartment. Yeah, and have and, it on, <laughs> and it would like <laughs> she would have it on. Or did she? Don't even recall anymore. But somehow yeah. it would have right. words. Like she wouldn't even be asking Which it. is weird. Like, see, and that's and that's the tricky thing. But it would thing. have words though that really related. <laughs> and that's, that's the what tricky thing. Out. So like, okay. So now I'm like wondering, because we did the same thing too. We would yeah. have it on. Yeah. And it's like, I wonder if like, no matter where you went, something would always come up. Right. right. So obviously it would. Right. And then second, though, it's kind of like your phone now. When it goes when off you're randomly. Ta- when you're talking <laughs> about something. I yeah. swear this happens to me all the time. Yeah. I'm talking about something. And then I go to like Facebook or Instagram or yeah. something. And all of a sudden there's an ad for it. Yeah. I'm like, how the freak did that happen? Right. Clearly they're listening is right. what it is. So is that the same thing with the app? That's kind of what I wondered, too. Yeah. Also, too, does your phone like when we're just talking regular conversation, does your phone just all of a sudden <laughs> go off? Like, like turn like Siri or yeah. like the Alexa but you don't thing. even see you don't yeah. even say the yes. code words you don't well, say Siri I mean, you don't the say whatever Alexa says the same yes. thing like it, I will be having conversations and all of a sudden she'll like butt in yeah and it's like I didn't ask you Alexa right. <laughs> she'll say I don't know that or whatever and it's like good because I didn't ask you know yeah that's creepy though like I swear <laughs> that freaks me out that's like a spirit box <laughs> right there <laughs> okay number two it said DIY dousing rods. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it said get wire coat hangers and bend them to L sh- an L shape mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then hold, just hold them loosely in your hand. Right. So, I wonder how that actually works. I know. I wonder if it would. I'm right. kind of curious now to try mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Those are kind of expensive. The rods? Yeah. I've never actually looked. Last weekend, I had seen some. I forgot where I was. Oh, when I went to Dubuque. Okay. Um, Because you posted that picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, we were in Galena. Right. And then, uh, so my daughter wanted to go into some sort of like um, spiritual okay. type of, you know, mystical like shop. shop. Yeah. Anyway, they had dousing rods in there. And I'm like, oh, I about bought them. Yeah. But I'm like, 50 bucks? 50 bucks. That's I'm like, forget lot. it. Yeah. But anyway. Well, you can make your own now. I want to try it. Um, another one was voice recording apps. So it says that many are free on your phone. Oh, I guess that's true. Yeah. I guess that is true. Or it also said on your computer if you wanted to carry that around, but who does? (laughs) It's like those people. It's usually older people that are taking pictures with like their iPad. Oh, Have you seen that? Like I'll be at concerts and there's somebody inevitably holding like what looks like a laptop screen. And, and the giant tablet is yes. like in the way. Yes. I'm like, that used to be a thing, but then now it's actually like, okay, it's kind of a monstrosity. <laughs> Remember those old like videotape recorders oh, from the 80s? It's like the same thing. It's equivalent. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next thing was use your senses. 
Mm-hmm. Spidey senses. Yeah, because where were we? We were somewhere where somebody even like emphasized that to us. Mm-hmm. We were on an investigation mm-hmm. and yeah. somebody said that the best tool you have right. is, is yourself. yourself. Yeah. yeah. Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> um, another one is free software for analysis for after your evidence. Ah, uh-huh, so uh-huh. Th- there is such a thing. And all of that was on higgypop.com. Interesting. I like it. Yeah. So some, I thought that was kind of cool. pro tips for wish, hunting on a budget. Right. I wish someone would have told us that before. But then again, we actually kind of did all those. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. We knew. It was fun. <laughs> we knew what to we, do. We were ahead of the DIY time. <laughs> we knew how to be cheap. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, though. It's funny to, to think back about all the stuff that we used to do. The beginnings. Yeah. I mean, it's it's always fun. It's always fun to look back and laugh. <laughs> it's like, really? Anything else? Nope. I think that's all. All right. So what do we have going on for today's episode? So today we have a story about a Quad Cities founder and a spooky asylum. So sit back, get comfortable and pull up a drink. And like always, before we get into it, let's talk about today's drink feature. So today we have the minty tea. This one, I'm just going to say that (laughs) as soon as you walked into my house, I swear I could smell the mint. Because I'm always making the drinks at Lily's house when I get here for picture purposes. So and that like smelled up the house real really nice <laughs> like so now my house smells like mint so if you're a fan of mint anything you'll, this is right up your alley it. <laughs> so it has the jeremiah weed sweet tea which i've never had but i love sweet tea so i'm really mm-hmm. excited to mm-hmm. taste this yeah uh it has a splash of lemon juice and of course the crushed mint for added flavor and it's a great drink to get your jump start into summer mm-hmm. which is illustrated really well with our picture. Yes. We so go to our socials, please. So we took that picture outside and definitely feeling the summer vibes. Well, while there was a wedding reception, there not is, reception, a rehearsal, a rehearsal going rehearsal. on. So like in, not really in my backyard, but like what? <laughs> <laughs> so a couple of lots down yeah. from my house, there's a nice uh, venue of venue. sorts. And so we can always see whenever there's weddings there, every time so we're, like we go out to the deck. <laughs> checking out their outfits (laughs) (laughs) today they had like hawaiian vibes even though it's like chilly out i was actually cold i know it looks nice it's deceiving yeah it is yeah all right so here we go it smells really good Cheers. cheers and the first sip goes to lily what do you think oh that's good okay so i'm a huge fan of mint Always have mint, peppermint, anything. Mm -hmm. Always. So I really like this. I love how you can pretty much tweak it as much as you would want to. You were just eyeballing everything. I saw you just throwing stuff into the cup. So this is a this is a nice one. I've never had this sweet tea stuff. Isn't it great? It's a good one. Definitely. I love this. Vodka. Sweet tea flavored vodka. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this one is excellent if you're a fan of sweet tea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Hits yeah, the spot that's, after that's a, a crazy one. day at work. <laughs> it's very refreshing. Mm-hmm. And like the subtlety of like the mint. Yeah. Like I love it. It's like a perfect pairing. Love it. Good. Yum. So judge, what do you say? 
I'm going to say, so out of five, I'll say a f- I'm, I'm, I'm lingering between a four and a four and a half. Yeah. I'll do, I'll do a four. Good. I'll do a four. Good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was your your factor. There wasn't the wow factor, but it was it was there. <laughs> it was. I think the mint really did it for me. Mm-hmm. It really you, you put have it over. To have that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to come by, but luckily I grow mint mm-hmm. in my backyard, so it's great. <laughs> You're sending your daughter to go pick mint for you. <laughs> she loves that job. I told her grab some good leaves, <laughs> and you take a picture. Mm-hmm. Yum. Okay. Perfect. Perfect drink. Well, wait, what's your rating? I'm going to say four and a half only because I'm a huge fan of mint. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. mint anything, mint ice cream, whatever. Yes. Yeah. So I'm going to say four like and a half. I feel like we need ice cream now. To pair it. Gosh. <laughs> Just like our cupcake pairing. <laughs> <laughs> this would be an ice cream pairing. <laughs> actually, that would be good. That would be really good, actually. Hmm, mental note. I know. <laughs> next, next milestone moment. <laughs> Ice cream pairings. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So now that we have our drink, Vanessa, let's get into our first story. The Bettendorf Mansion is located in the Quad Cities in Bettendorf, Iowa on 1821 Sunset Drive, to be precise. As stated by author John Brasser Jr., the mansion was a secret hidden in plain sight. This extravagant mansion was set up on a bluff looking down on the valley. It was a perfect view of the Mississippi River. Some would say Bettendorf and his guests had the perfect front row seat of the beauty that was the magnificent river. In 1909, William Bettendorf began construction of his new home. He wanted a place that would scream power, success, and also serve as a hub for entertaining his wealthy friends and businessmen. The design needed to be sharp and eye-catching. But let's take a walk back to his beginnings. Born in Mendota, Illinois, William Bettendorf was the oldest of four children born to Michael and Catherine Bettendorf. In 1874, he started work as a machinist apprentice at the Peru Plow Company. It was during this time that he invented the first power lift silky plow in 1878. The device allowed the farmer to remain seated on his horse-drawn plow and press a lever to raise the plow from the earth. Prior to this invention, the farmer had to manually lift the plow blade at the end of each furrow. Another major turn for William was marrying Mary Wortman in 1879. Together, they raised two children, Etta and Henry. In 1893, a sad turn of events hit their family. William's three-year-old son, Henry, died. To make matters worse, his four-year-old daughter died only two months later. Devastated, William and his wife Mary tried to move on and fight the loss of their children. Sadly, tragedy would strike again for their family. This time, it was Mary who died in August of 1901 after visiting her parents in Peru, Illinois. Heartbroken, 
William had her buried in Oakdale Cemetery in Davenport, Iowa. In 1882, Bettendorf invented the Bettendorf metal wheel at the Peru Plow Company. Eventually, he moved his business to the Eagle Manufacturing Company of Davenport, Iowa. With his brother, J.W. Bettendorf, he manufactured metal wheels at Eagle Manufacturing until 1889, when the brothers started the Bettendorf Metal Wheel Company in Davenport. In 1892, he developed a steel gear for farm wagons, and the company manufactured those as well. He severed his ties with Bettendorf Metal Wheel and designed the machinery to manufacture the steel gears, which he eventually sold to International Harvester in 1905. He organized the Bettendorf Axle Company with his brother, J.W. The company was incorporated on January 1st, 1895. W.P. Bettendorf was the company's first president and J.W. Bettendorf was the secretary. Eventually, Bettendorf's luck would soon turn. William met Elizabeth Staby. Elizabeth's husband had left her and her son a few years prior. At the time, she was living with her in-laws and trying to make ends meet at a local department store, J.M.D. Peterson and Sons, in the needlework department. The inventor became enamored with her and they were married in Cook County, Illinois in 1908. Due to his new love in his life and with all of his success, Bettendorf knew it was time to build a new home. The Spanish-style mansion served many purposes. It also had to overlook his new company besides having a striking view of the river valley. It had 22 rooms with some concepts designed by William. Elizabeth also helped with some of the planning which included accompanying William on extravagant shopping trips to Europe where they bought handcrafted furniture for their new dwelling. The mansion itself was located in a grove of oak and maple trees. The exterior featured large porches, a grand fountain, and a carriage house that could hold six cars. The interior featured linen tapestries, oak stairways, ceiling murals, and a fireplace in every room. Artisans were brought from Europe to complete the detail work. Entire trees were brought on site to be sawn for the paneling, so a room would have matching paneling. The estate was built for more than $150,000. While the mansion was being built, William moved his parents, his wife and stepson into a large bungalow across the road from the construction site. In 1910, William and his family took a vacation to Lake Okaboji in western Iowa. While there, he began to experience stomach problems. William shrugged it off and continued shopping and socializing. However, he soon began to experience severe stomach pains. Doctors were immediately called to come and examine him. William was initially diagnosed with a type of poisoning and prescribed bed rest until the symptoms subsided. For the next few days, William's health improved. He was feeling better and was more than ready to get back to work. On the third day, William collapsed and his condition took a sudden and drastic turn for the worse. 
Joseph Bettendorf contacted a surgical specialist from Chicago, Dr. A.D. Bevan, to come and examine William. When he arrived in Bettendorf, Bevan was taken straight to William's home, where he and a colleague determined the inventor was suffering from a perforated bowel. William was going to require immediate surgery. Unfortunately, The doctors also said that the chances of William surviving were about 100 to 1. The kitchen was turned into a temporary operating theater, with the kitchen table serving as an operating table. Unfortunately, the surgery was not a success. William passed away on the operating table on June 3, 1910. The Bettendorf Company was now under Joseph Bettendorf's leadership. A special funeral service was held outside the doors of the factory itself for the workers, and after the eulogy was given, the nearly 1,000 people in attendance made a procession to the bungalow where William had been laid out in the casket for viewing. Afterwards, his body was taken to Oakdale Cemetery and laid next to Mary and his children. While William had never seen his mansion finished, Elizabeth was determined to make sure that his last project was completed. In 1922, Elizabeth passed away while enjoying a long stay in Los Angeles, California. She was brought home and buried next to William. The mansion fell under the care and supervision of the Iowa Freemasons. They had built an addition to the mansion a large wing that held 75 beds for their members. Over the next several years, other additions were made, including an intensive care unit and a separate housing just under the bluff where the mansion sat. The mansion itself was used for executive offices. Over the years, employees started to notice odd things that they could not explain. Staff often heard strange sounds. People would see objects be moved, seemingly by themselves. People often hear voices, especially hearing their name being called out. People often would get touched when no one else was around. Many believed that it was the spirits of everyone who once inhabited the once lively mansion. Many also believe that it was the spirits trying to connect with the living in hopes of sending a message. Or, perhaps, they just do not want to leave the majestic hidden gem. So, Lily, what did you think of this story? I thought it was actually pretty cool to think about, or to hear about, really, Bettendorf's actual life. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. I mean... It's always interesting to learn about a lot of the people that essentially built Mm -hmm. the community, you know, or helped establish the community. Right. Obviously, Bettendorf, the city of Bettendorf was named after the the Bettendorf family here. Right. And I wanted to also note. So um, there was the stepson. Mm -hmm. Um, His name was Oscar. So when Bettendorf married the second time. Mm Um, I don't remember how it said yeah. that, yeah. you know, the the dad left and right. things like that. Well, anyway, 
he became the main beneficiary of the estate. His name was Oscar. Okay. And the home was valued at over $100,000, which would be valued at nearly $1.3 million Jeez. today. I know. Jeez, I know. And also, some key facts I saw. During the early 1920s, the Freemasons of Iowa began to actively seek out a place that they could use as a retirement home. So that's why they wanted to reach out Mm -hmm. to the family and things and... You know, so they could get a great when place. Was that? What year was that? It says during the early 1920s. Oh, okay. Yep. And so they wanted a place for their aging members and mm-hmm. their families to be able to stay nicely. And also, this was interesting. I didn't include it in the story. Mm-hmm. On the evening of October 23rd, 1927, Oscar's family sat down for Sunday dinner. As he began to carve the roast, mm-hmm. Oscar's hands suddenly began to shake. He felt nervous, so nervous that he couldn't control himself enough to make his hand stop shaking. He excused himself. He suffered, apparently, a sudden bout of temporary insanity. While the family was downstairs thinking he was going to come back down, all of a sudden, they heard a gunshot. Oh, my God. He killed himself in the bathroom. Yeah. So they apparently didn't know why. They didn't know, you know, they didn't, they couldn't come up with any conclusion. They just said, suffered from a sudden bout of temporary insanity. So that was really interesting. Wow. Yeah. So that's all they could really come up with. So it could be true. Who knows? I don't know. But so that was there in the mansion. Yeah. Yeah. So that would explain a lot with a lot of the activity that has been talked about. My God. I know. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder what it was. Because apparently everything was great with him. Everything was good. Nobody talked about like anything that they had seen Mm -hmm. prior to that. Mm -hmm. Like odd happenings. Right. Like any odd behavior. Yeah. And also too, I started thinking about it because back then no one really talked about, you know, like uh, mental health. Right. Like we do now. Right. So maybe, you know, it was just like stress. Maybe he had something. Maybe yeah. it was anxiety. Maybe it was whatever it was, you know. And back then it was not talked about. It was a hush hush. Yeah. yeah. Something was wrong, severely wrong with you if that was happening. And maybe he was too embarrassed to talk about it. Yeah. I mean, he could have been depressed. Yeah. And then. Who knows? Obviously, anxiety. Right. I mean, he also had a big job, too, because he was working you know, for the family as I well. I never knew that. I, know. I never knew that. Didn't we? We went on a tour. Of, we want. We of went the mansion. Yes, we did. Where I we, was wondering if you would remember. Where we met. Where, where we met. Where we met John. Yeah. John Brasser Jr., the author. Yep. yep. And we got our our awesome picture with him that we posted on we Instagram. Yep. <laughs> Shout, Shout out, out to John <laughs> if you're listening. Cheers, John. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you remember like. You know, taking the tour and yes, everything. Yes. So the mansion was great. Right. And they took us behind the scenes. So it's kind of like, what would you say? Like the front of it would be like the it's homes really, for the residential homes. It's funny because I was I was picturing it as you were reading. Mm-hmm. And I I just can't get over how odd it is because it's like the front mm-hmm. is the mansion it's like as if you split like a mansion in half even though it's not right it's like as if you split a mansion in half Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. the front of the mansion Mm -hmm. is still mansion Mm -hmm. in all 
all like mansion s right <laughs> and then the 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 other side the back right. of it is all kind of like residential type of like for the for el- like older el- elderly, elderly people yeah. like almost like what is that like a nursing home style type of deal, type yep. of deal. Yeah, yeah there's halls and there's yeah so you don't conference rooms that. and yeah so first of all even before we even went i had no idea what that place was like did I, I always drove by it yeah we always saw the 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 was it the freemasons House on the hill the freemasons yep. sign on yeah there. but i never even connected like, oh, okay i don't know what it is i never knew that was the bettendorf mansion right never, never but knew i always thought wow what a cool mansion looking mm-hmm. type of building i never even bothered to look over i, no, I never well, looked over for a while i didn't but then all of a sudden i was like oh that that's a cool place <laughs> i mean after what like <laughs> forever 35 40 years never bothered to turn my freaking that's why head. it was a hidden gem <laughs> never bothered <laughs> to turn my head <laughs> that's true because you have to turn and look yes. up <laughs> like eh, i'm not looking i'm just gonna keep driving i'm gonna mind my own business <laughs> this time i'm not i'm deciding to look up <laughs> No, but it is Spanish style. It is. And that's what caught my eye because it does not look like any other house around here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So then all of a sudden, yeah, I don't know. It was you that said, oh, let's go do this. uh, Listen to the author. Yeah. And I go, where? And you told me, I'm like, where the heck is that? (laughs) That North Mansion. And then I remember I Google mapped it and I'm like, it says Freemasons, though. I don't get it. I mean, I guess we'll go and we'll figure it out. It has to be around (laughs) there. Per usual, we'll figure it out. Who knows where it is? It's here somewhere. <laughs> how how far could it be? Right. We'll find out. Yeah. So, and all of a sudden, we're like, this can't be it. Right. Yeah. So. I was so thrown because when you pull up to it, it pulls you up to the back of the house. Yeah. And so you can't tell. It looks just like, I don't even know what it looks how to like. describe it. Just some old building. It looks like different buildings, right. different sections of buildings. Mm-hmm. It looks like little cottages. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what the heck? I guess mm-hmm. it's here. I don't know where the mansion's at, but I guess it's here. <laughs> and then you get in and you realize that it's that you're in the back of the mansion. <laughs> yeah. And you're, when you go to the front, when you're looking at the windows, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, you're like, okay, oh, that makes I get sense. what he was saying. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, I get it. But it is cool. It is a great view. Yeah. yeah um and so we chatted with john there yes. he was giving he was giving everybody a story yep, yep. and he was they were walking us really around. great talk really great, great talk. talk a lot of great information mm-hmm. awesome he's, yeah he's a good uh public speaker he is he's great he'll really capture you with I his story love, he could talk about anything Gosh. and i will just be like just i know they're just staring <laughs> like yeah keep going what yeah, is no that? kidding what else oh you're talking about piece of gum and then <laughs> i love it keep talking <laughs> no but yeah so it was it was a great talk when, so that yeah. that was my first time our going, first time yeah going yeah. to the bettendorf mansion hearing about that specific mansion mm-hmm. and having like a little bit of insight into like the bettendorf family yeah so that was actually very cool mm-hmm. and it was funny the thing that i remember is how obviously it was the two brothers right and how him and his brother, the Bettendorf brothers, pretty much had kind of like a, I don't know what I want to say, like a contest or like a rivalry going mm-hmm. about who has the most fireplaces in their house. <laughs> oh, that's right. Do you right. remember him talking about yeah. that? And so they would 
be like, oh, I can't remember who built their house last, but they're yeah. like, oh, they have 10 fireplaces. I have to have one more than that. And so they <laughs> kept they kept that up. I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's crazy. Because who's the other? Is it Joseph? Joseph yeah. Bettendorf. So Joseph Bettendorf, the brother, mm-hmm. his home is the what is now Rivermont yes. Collegiate yes. School. And so I was just there not too long ago. And so that was my first time going into. So you were touring that, weren't you? Yeah, I was touring How was the that? school. It, it was very, it was nice. So I guess to me, it's weird. How is that mansion turned into a school? So when you're looking at it from the outside, you're like, wow, it's like a mansion. Like, how is this a school? But then when mm-hmm. you walk in, you mm-hmm. see the the different, I guess I'll call them normal home style rooms like a normal mansion i I say normal mansion room (laughs) as if like mansions are so common so your mansion (laughs) so it's like the normal like mansion rooms it's like you walk into like the mansion and off to like the right is where the receptionist is just sitting they just you know put a desk there Hmm. and what what, so what would be the entryway type of deal okay yeah and then like right behind the entryway is the live i guess i'll I'll equate it to the living room i don't know what they called it Mm -hmm. back then but it was Mm kind of like the living room area and that's where they set up like the waiting area oh they show you where the kitchen used to be Mm -hmm. and i don't we didn't, that go, like we didn't go that far. We didn't go like, that far. Where no. So the people do the cafeteria. The actual type mansion of the, yeah. is just, I think, kind of, I'm going to say the administrative offices, mm-hmm. quote unquote. And then do they, they add on to they it. They expanded oh, the campus. Okay. And then sense. there's the cafeteria with mm-hmm. all the extra rooms on it in a different building. So there's a bunch of different buildings. So how are the fireplaces in there? <laughs> I, that was the first thing I noticed. Stop because it, that, are you that serious? Because you remember thing, that? Yes. That was the first thing too, that the receptionist yeah. actually started talking Do to us about. the kids gather around the fireplace during story time? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Or is it during math? They're adding how many logs or something we're going to put in the fire. It's just, it's, it's so cool. Like it's so nice because that one also beautiful view. Mm-hmm. Like you can see like, like the bridge, the new oh I-74 gosh, bridge so that cute. they built. And so yeah. they were telling us, they're like, yeah, when they were building the bridge, yeah. we were all over here just watching oh, it. Oh, that's cool. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, that's actually really cool. That kind of cool. makes me jealous. I want a classroom with a fireplace yeah. and a great bridge view. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cool room, though. And so it's it's awesome seeing both of mm-hmm. the brothers' mansions, yeah. you know, and seeing what went on back there. Yeah. Like, well, hearing about what went on in the mansion at that time mm-hmm. and then seeing what they are now. now. People really think outside of the box. Yeah, they really It's kind of crazy, though. I would have yeah. never thought turning, you know, a mansion into a school. Mm-mm. Like, let's I mean, just be real. It reminds me of like, what did I tell you? The Oh, Hogwarts. The, it reminds me of Hogwarts. It reminds <gasps> yeah. me of like the Professor X school oh, yeah, for the X-Men. gifted. Yeah. yeah. So it's like it's it's That's crazy. very, very yeah. cool. Yeah. Interesting. But awesome stuff. Like I will never get tired of hearing about the local, mm-hmm. the local, the local lore and yeah, history. Yes. Yeah. I think like the thing that gets me too, though, is the, I guess, hauntings for lack of a better word, portion of the, of the mansion. Oh yeah. That part. Okay. Here's my question too. Then. Yeah. Do you think then would that school be haunted? I, the first thing that I told my wife before we set foot into the school mm-hmm. was, you realize this is haunted, right? This is probably haunted. Mm-hmm. I 100% believe it. Mm-hmm. I 
I think it is. I think it is. It would be so cool to kind of just go investigate. Yeah. That'd be amazing. Like after hours. Yeah. After school special <laughs> from the 80s. Do you remember <laughs> that? <laughs> school those special were great. Style. I love those. But anyway. Yeah. So that would be great. A haunting after school. Join our club. That would be a good club to start. <laughs> And of course, knowing my son, he would he would absolutely be about it. He's obsessed with ghosts. So that's when you could do arts and crafts time. The <laughs> DIY tips that I gave you. It's like, okay, kids, gather around. On a budget. <laughs> gather let's, around. Let's build our own spirit box. <laughs> well, that includes STEM projects. That's so true. there you go. <laughs> Then I would be all about volunteering and You're being like, yes. like the parent I chaperone. Be, I want to be the room mother here. <laughs> yes. I want to be the club, you know, head club person, the head club parent. I'll be the sponsor for this I club. I swear you just gave me an idea. Like, I'm going to totally push that. Can we have a ghost hunting club? So I'm going to volunteer then. <laughs> I need, I'm going to need an assistant. So this is bad because extremely random thoughts now, speaking of those wavelengths. So my daughter loves robotics Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you know that. Mm -hmm. So she's been doing robotics. Well, her school, unfortunately, was in need of parent volunteers. Mm. And she asked me, she's like, can you volunteer? This was like last year or the year before. And I was like, I would totally love to. But I have no idea what is happening. <laughs> and if any kid comes up to me like, and knows? right is trying to give me this jargon and that I don't understand this computer speech, I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, like I, I would love to, but no. Yeah. So she looked at me and she's like, OK, how about Lily? Can she volunteer? <laughs> Because she knows that you're you love all that stuff. So oh I'm like, God, yeah. I love it. She never asked me about it. I know. Well, she never asked because I said, well, she has to work and she yeah. probably doesn't, you know, no, have, t- have the time after true. school. And then so. with the baby at that point, probably. Yeah. yeah that makes sense. Yeah. So she will be doing it this summer. But <laughs> yeah, I felt bad. I really would have been yeah. about helping out. Like, but I'm like, help. I'm I don't know what this means. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. But OK, so circling back to the hauntings. Though, yes. Back to that. Sorry. Is OK. So my first thoughts with. What is his name? The stepson. Oscar. Oscar. My first thought was with Oscar was, okay, was this something like, you know how we always talk about that there's stuff in a house that makes you do stuff. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I wonder if that's, that had oh. some kind of an effect, you know? Hmm. I don't know. And then also too, it's like, okay, why would it come on during right. cutting Such a random of the time. dinner time Such or whatever? Random time. Yeah. Yeah, no idea. No idea. Hmm, interesting. But yeah, so you do think that the school is haunted. I do. And I, I, I feel like this place is too. Mm-hmm. The Bettendorf Mansion. Yeah, this Bettendorf Mansion is as well. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, to me, why wouldn't it be? Mm-hmm. That's just how I look at it. I mean. Right. Because there's a lot of attachment to it yeah. from the people that were once there. Right. And, of course, they built this from scratch. Mm-hmm. They gave it love. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense. Right. right. You know, why would they want to leave a place, especially Bettendorf himself, mm-hmm. who never really lived there? Right. You know, this was his time, you know, to shine, essentially. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he never got a chance. So that's why I would I would think that he would be there. Like, he would be present in some way because of the fact that he never was there during his life. Mm-hmm. I mean, he could be there now. 
you know, right. in the afterlife. Mm-hmm. Who knows? And I would like to think that too. Um, maybe he's enjoying. Yeah. You know, right. It it does kind of bring some sadness to mm-hmm. it because it's like, wow, that really stinks. That right. He was really giving his all to it. And then all of a sudden, yeah. you know, yep. forget it. Have there been any paranormal investigations there? Didn't John say that there was? I don't remember. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't know. So again, John, if you're if (laughs) If you're listening, listening. (laughs) (laughs) let us know. (laughs) Give us a ring. Yeah, Yeah, I'm not sure. I I I can't remember. There had to have been. There has to have been. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, otherwise we can do it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Call us, Ghostbusters. Right, Right. We'll we'll show up with our DIY paranormal equipment, and then we'll have our Ecto One vehicle. <laughs> DIY. It's all it's all uh, electrical taped <laughs> together. That's awesome. All right. Well, really cool story about the the Bettendorf Mansion. Thank you for that. Cool chats. We'll have our second story here in a minute about another haunted location. An institution that began life as the Illinois Asylum for the Incurably Insane. But first, let's check out our promo partner for this episode. It's the PNW Haunts and Homicides podcast. Join hosts Caitlin and Cassie as they chat about true crime, paranormal, and all things spooky in the Pacific Northwest. Take a second to look them up on Facebook and Instagram. And catch them anywhere you listen to podcasts. We'll be right back after the break. Hey, creepy people. This is PNW Haunts and Homicides. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Cassie. Together, we explore stories of the paranormal and true crime throughout the Pacific Northwest. For each episode, we do a tarot reading to help us gain some insight on the topic as we share the facts of the case and our interpretations. You can find our episodes featuring true stories from infamous cases such as the misdeeds of Boeing, as well as lesser-known true crime cases like the murders in Tunnel 13, as well as our spooky stories from Pike Place and Raven's Manor on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else you'd like to listen. Have Have a a creepy-ass day! Welcome back to the show. Molly, do you want to point out to our listeners what you just <laughs> what realized. I just what I just told you <laughs> so I happened to look over at the bottle of the <laughs> Jeremiah weed sweet tea and I go no wonder this is like 35% alcohol <laughs> and I have a big old glass of it and there's nothing else in it but like a splash of like lime juice <laughs> splash and I'm like no wonder I'm feeling all sorts of crazy already and well, not even done with it all sorts of crazy well your eyes melted so <laughs> You have to count for that. It watered it down slightly, a smidge. (laughs) (laughs) You can do the math. So we'll see. We'll see how good this this story goes. Might be a lot of editing involved. I'm sure there will be. (laughs) All right, let's get into our next story about the haunted Peoria State Hospital. Originally known as the Illinois Asylum for the Incurably Insane, 
The Peoria State Hospital, located in Bartonville, Illinois, was a psychiatric institution that operated from 1902 to 1973. The facility was designed to provide care for individuals with chronic mental illnesses who were, at that time, considered incurable. The hospital was thought of as groundbreaking in its time for its humane treatment of those with mental illness. It played a significant role in the history of mental health care in the U.S. and became known for its innovative approaches to treatment. However, the institution was still a permanent residence for so many ailing individuals. In the over 70 years that the facility was in operation, thousands of people lost their lives here due to either illness, suicide, or possibly something even more sinister. Since its closure, many people believe that the hospital's history and the experiences of its patients and staff have left behind traces of residual energy and, along with it, spirits that also continue to linger the grounds of this once immense 216-acre campus. Construction on the Peoria State Hospital, also known as Bartonville State Hospital, or the Illinois Asylum for the Incurably Insane, began in 1895, with the main building being completed in 1897. This main building was never used, though. The explanation as to why slightly differs, depending on who you ask. Some sources claim that its structural integrity was compromised by abandoned mine shafts on the property. However, on the Alliance Digital Media Library archive, it was written that the first building erected was a replica of a 16th century nobility castle. But before it was occupied, it was found to be out of harmony with the modern ideas for the care of the insane. So it was demolished and replaced by a cottage-style plan. The hospital featured cottages as part of its facilities. These cottages were constructed on the hospital grounds and provided additional living spaces for patients. They were designed to create a more home-like environment for the residents. They were smaller-scale buildings compared to the main hospital structures and were scattered throughout the grounds. The idea behind the cottage system was to offer a more intimate and less institutional setting for the patients. Dr. George Zeller, a prominent local doctor, was selected to run the facility as its superintendent. Under his leadership, the hospital underwent significant changes in its treatment philosophy and approach. Dr. Zeller believed in providing a therapeutic and nurturing environment for the patients. The hospital focused on rehabilitation and creating a sense of normalcy for the residents. Over the years, the asylum expanded its facilities to accommodate the increasing number of patients that were steadily flooding in from poorhouses and the overcrowded Jacksonville Mental Hospital. By 1907, the facility housed over 2,000 residents, with that number growing every year. In that same year, the name of the institution was changed to the Peoria State Hospital to better reflect its purpose. Throughout its operation, the hospital gained recognition for its progressive approach to mental health care. 
Dr. Zeller removed the previously placed bars off the windows and did away with patient restraints, opting instead for holistic therapies, according to the museum website. One of the most notable aspects of the Peoria State Hospital's history is its association with the open-door policy. This policy, introduced in 1910, aimed to create a more humane and inclusive approach to psychiatric care. It allowed patients to move freely throughout the hospital and engage in various activities, such as farming, arts and crafts, and work in the hospital's industries. The policy emphasized the belief that patients could benefit from a structured and purposeful routine. Dr. Zeller became a pioneer in the history of mental health care and became known for his commitment to patient care through his philosophical focus on patient rehabilitation. According to Sylvia Schultz, who examined the history of the hospital for her book, Fractured Spirits, Peoria State Hospital became the finest institution in the world, with the highest rate of cure and reintegration into society. After decades of progress, the hospital requested money from the state in the 1960s for remodeling to make the facility handicap accessible. Unfortunately, it was then that the state concluded it was the most expensive institution to fund and therefore demanded costs be cut. Whereas before the hospital staff to patient ratio was one to three, the cuts demanded that the ratio change to one to 60. Unsurprisingly, after this, there came about a rapid decline in patient care. As the mid 20th century approached, changes in psychiatric care began to shift away from the large centralized institutions like the Peoria State Hospital. The hospital's patient population declined and it continued to face financial challenges. In 1973, the hospital officially closed its doors, marking the end of an era. In 1986, the city of Bartonville acquired the hospital grounds tearing down many of the buildings to convert the area into an industrial park. At the height of the asylum's operation, there were 63 buildings. Today, only 12 of those buildings are left standing, including the Pollock Hospital, which served as the tuberculosis ward. Although most of the old hospital buildings have since been demolished, those that remain are said to be haunted by spirits of the past. Over the years, numerous reports and paranormal experiences have been associated with the hospital and its grounds. Visitors, staff members, and paranormal investigators have shared stories of unexplained phenomena, strange occurrences, and ghostly encounters. People have claimed to see apparitions or shadowy figures throughout the hospital buildings and on the grounds, particularly around the cemeteries. Many individuals have reported hearing unexplained voices, whispers, or conversations when no one else is present. These voices are sometimes described as sounding distressed, muffled, or echoing. The cottages on the hospital grounds 
have also been associated with paranormal experiences. Visitors have reported feeling an eerie presence, hearing whispers or conversations, and witnessing objects moving or being rearranged on their own. The cemeteries located on the hospital grounds are often a focal point for paranormal investigations. Visitors have reported unexplained cold spots, strange mists, and the feeling of being watched. Although numerous stories have been told about the hospital and grounds, the most popular is that of the death of one of the patients, Mr. A. Bookbinder. He was assigned as one of the hospital's grave diggers. He was a compassionate man, always mourning the passing of each and every person he helped bury. When Mr. Bookbinder died, Dr. Zeller wrote in his diary that 400 of the staff and inmates saw his ghost mourning at his own funeral, just as he had for countless others while he was still alive. The apparition was so convincing, they even opened the coffin to confirm that Bookbinder was really dead. Upon opening, they found his corpse securely inside. There's no question that during the hospital's many years of operation, thousands died on the property and were buried in graves marked only by numbers. According to stories, their spirits have chosen to stay behind, walking the wards and hallways of the crumbling buildings they once called home. So that was the Peoria State Hospital, once known as the Illinois Asylum for the Incurably Insane. Super creepy. Yeah, it's said that a total of 4,132 people were buried in the hospital's four, I want to say four Mm -hmm. cemeteries. Oh my gosh. Most in unmarked graves. Wow. Yeah. That's sad. I mean, those that that were buried there yeah. were, you know, the the patients that were abandoned, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, yep, the homeless forgotten. or yep. had no other family. Right. So that's that's really sad. And that's sad because, I mean, they pretty speaking of yeah. the homeless. I mean, you talked about poor houses mm-hmm. and things like, right. I mean, pretty much it would just take yeah. people and yes. just say, OK, you're coming with us. Mm-hmm. You're crazy now. Right. Right. And that's not right. Mm -hmm. I mean, and then who knows what sort of things they honestly did to them because at the time they were conducting a lot of crazy experiments Mm -hmm. on all those like lobotomies and all of that stuff. I mean, we talked about, you know, asylums and I always love the asylum topic just because, you know, it was just it's crazy that that point in our history, people thought that way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, people thought pretty much not a lot about these people, you know, other doctors and things like that. Right. You know, and they thought lesser of them Mm -hmm. type, you know, essentially is what it is. And they thought it was okay to do all this stuff to them. Right. You know, that's really sad. They were just like human experiments. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's awful to think about. It's really sad, like just going through different, you know, not even just this place, but like you mentioned, different stories of of psychiatric hospitals. Mm -hmm. And and that was very popular Mm -hmm. in the time. Right. It was like, what you do X, Y, Z, bye. I'm sending you here or you're arguing with me. I'm sending you here. You know, what was it? I think I was randomly reading an article just the other day about i think it was women who you know were going through menopause having hot flashes mm-hmm. that was considered at one point a a mental illness and so they oh threw them into asylums like that wow mm-hmm. but i believe it mm-hmm. i believe it yeah so i mean it's crazy how it's crazy how much things have changed yeah yeah but it's still crazy also though how how much farther we still have to go, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. And it just goes back to the story previous, Mm -hmm. just like what happened to Oscar. Yes. You know, at the time, it's like, maybe people did think, you know, if people consider me crazy or whatever the term was at the time, you know, you know, I might as well just be dead. Oh, absolutely. I believe that 100%. And maybe that's why he did that, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So it makes a lot of sense. And I mean, I've, I've read stories separate separate from this one that yeah people families parents if they had to resort to taking a child to an institution like this a lot of them just kind of wrote them off at that point mm-hmm. and that's why some mm-hmm. of these people were abandoned they're mm-hmm. with all of a sudden i don't have a kid i right. don't want to let people know so done i'm done with you take right. them I'm, I'm done right that's very sad to think about. It is. It's very sad. And so, I mean, with with this place, you know, the, the hauntings that, that go on here, it's funny because I think in the last episode we talked about women, women in gray, women in white, how oh, places yeah. <laughs> always have something like that. Right. This place has something similar. They, mm-hmm. have, they have a woman in white here. Oh, okay. <laughs> and uh, she's said to roam the halls of the hospital. Mm-hmm. Many people have seen her apparition mm-hmm. going up and down the stairs of, of certain hallways, mm-hmm. but no one really knows who she is. Hmm. So don't really know much about her. Right. Another one that people claim to still roam, roam around the facility is Dr. Zeller himself. Wow. So he died on January 30th, 1938. In his apartment on the hospital grounds. Oh, jeez. So a lot of people do claim that they've seen his apparition just walking around Hmm. the grounds, the hospital, because they do think that he has such a great connection Mm -hmm. to the hospital. Mm -hmm. I mean, by all accounts of everything that I've been reading about the, the institution... From when it started to, you know, when he became the the superintendent and until his passing, he seemed to have been what you would think of as is a different kind of superintendent because he seemed like he actually really cared about the like patients. he was connected. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's rare. Yeah. Yeah. And I was super shocked by that. So maybe that's why he does roam. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I thought that as well. So you have you have Dr. Zeller. You also have another spirit who goes by the name of Rhoda Derry. This is actually a really sad story. So, Oh, no. Here we go. So <laughs> this girl, when she was 16, 
she started dating a boy who lived on a neighboring farm. His parents, though, didn't approve of their relationship. And when his parents found out that the two were planning to marry, they threatened Rhoda with witchcraft. This all eventually led to Rhoda having a mental breakdown. So Rhoda convinced herself that an evil spirit was actually haunting her. Her behavior and stability just worsened from from that point. Wow. So her parents sent her off to the Jacksonville Mental Hospital. After being there for a period of time, the hospital essentially deemed her incurable and sent her back home. Like they just washed their hands of her and was like, Mm -hmm. just take her back. Mm -hmm. So then her parents, unable to care for her at this point, sent her to a place called the Adams County Almshouse, which was essentially a jail, nursing home, insane asylum, halfway house, and homeless shelter, all in one small cramped cluster of buildings. Oh my god! So you had like these different no. people, yeah. So already right there, you're that's too much, right? None of these people are getting like what the, they the need. appropriate kind of care because everybody's sure that, different. And I'm sure they didn't have the appropriate funding. Oh, absolutely. Because I think I read that as long as like you had like people with a barn, even could say they have an almshouse, and all of a sudden they could house all these people and get all this money. Oh gosh! Yeah. So anybody could do that. Jeez. So of course. Mm-hmm. She was treated incredibly bad, horribly. Mm-hmm. Right. And accounts said that the patients there were treated no better than animals. Oh my gosh. They kept Rhoda locked up in a Utica crib, which was a wooden box with straw. Jeez. And I actually looked it up, mm-hmm. like what a Utica mm-hmm. crib was, because I didn't know. And you were like, oh, no, I don't want to see this anymore. But look, I'm showing Vanessa what it is. And oh my it's, it's legit like a box. It looks like the width of like a mattress, yeah. like width wise. But it's like probably like less than like a twin size bed. Right. And it has bars. Mm-hmm. Looks almost kind of like a mini. Does that a one mini have cage. a lid, though? Like it has a lid, doesn't it? Yeah, no, it has that first one, that great. That gray one. This one? Yeah. Yeah, this has a yeah, that's it the has lid. A lid that so it closes goes down. On top. Yeah. Oh my and so gosh. the person is in there and they just kinda like lock them up. That oh my god, that person is yeah, in there's a person inside. in there. It's like legit the width of like a mattress. So it's literally like it looks like a coffin, mm-hmm. but with bars. Yeah. Holy cow. And so they kept her, they kept Rhoda <gasps> locked up in one of these oh my gosh. for 40 years. <gasps> So her what? muscles, of course, became atrophied. Yeah. She became unable to move her legs. So it was it was really horrible. Like she had like oh my just gosh. severe like w- like injuries to herself. Even you know she yeah. gouged out her eyes. Well, yeah, like you would go, all kinds of yeah. Oh my god, you would go crazy mm-hmm, in this mm-hmm. thing. So then in 1904, she's already an adult by this point. In 1904. Yeah. She was sent to the Peoria State Hospital Mm -hmm. where Dr. Zeller learned of all her mistreatments. Mm -hmm. And he and the staff were said to have made it their goal to care for Rhoda. So by all accounts, she thrived her final years here at the hospital. And on October 9th, 1906, the day before her 72nd birthday, she passed away. Hmm. Rhoda was buried on the grounds of the asylum. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 
Well, she did live a long life because honestly, after you show me that picture, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, she's a goner. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was sad. That's like a, a really sad story. I can't believe that. Mm-hmm, well, I mean, mm-hmm. I should believe it because back then, like they treated people mm-hmm. super Horribly. wild. Like, yeah. There was no rules, no regulations. No. Nothing, none of that. I cannot believe that someone would actually invent something like that yeah. to keep a person yeah. in. Yeah. So even though it was just kind of the last few years of her life, like I feel like being here at the hospital kind of made it a little, a little nice for her last couple of years. You know, I saw a couple of stories where Mm -hmm. nurses would just kind of walk around the courtyards Mm -hmm. and try to like, let her feel like the fresh air and the sun and everything like that. I think the first day that she was here at the hospital was like the first time in like 40 years that she slept in a bed wow and the first time that she took a bath (gasps) yeah so you okay so if that's the case then who knows what sorts of bugs or whatever yeah like because you said hey right yeah it was hey there was like they said there was like rats like in there like laying nests and doing all (gasps) kinds of stuff yeah yeah it was crazy no so i mean several investigators have actually gone on to say that the spirits here aren't anything negative though Hmm. they don't have any ill intent or anything in that those that remain have really just a strong connection to the hospital so like dr zeller Mm -hmm. so he always said that his patients were his family oh that's sweet and then mr bookbinder the kind-hearted gravedigger who mourned everyone that he buried yeah I feel like there was like a lot of like good people here. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's actually rare within asylum. So with that though, like regardless, you still have tragedies here. Mm -hmm. You know, those that were abandoned, you know, still Mm -hmm. no matter what, those that died from painful diseases, even Mm -hmm. uh, those that died at the hands of other patients, you know, because of course there's fights, quarrels, scuffles, whatever it is, you Mm -hmm. know, people that don't know what they're doing and, just right. stuff happens yeah just like your day-to-day stuff yeah. yeah so the energy of course like we've talked about before mm-hmm. it obviously mm-hmm. just it imprints itself on that right. environment and you're just left with some of the activity experienced here which could also be residual right you know because you also talked about shadow figures i want to say yeah. Yeah. yeah so i've heard a lot about that with connections to asylums mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and also like just like black figures crawling so i know it is because i was recently listening to another podcast Mm -hmm. and they were talking about an asylum but yeah so they their theory is the fact that just like you just said all the emotions Mm -hmm. the negativity actually is what connects connects a lot of these figures together wow so because it's all negative there's i forgot what asylum it was but there's like a crawler do you oh, know that one? I know what you're talking about. Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember. It's, it's a the, really well-known one. Yeah. So anyway, they were talking about it, but they were connecting. They, they equated that to the fact that there's a lot of negative energy, mm-hmm. you know, like these asylums, yes. of course. Um, yours seems like honestly the best one right. I've ever heard, but... <laughs> And that's pretty, I, that's saying a lot. I second guessed it as I was going through it and doing the research. I'm like, there's no way. There's mm-hmm. no way. Maybe, maybe this is wrong. I know. So I started going through all kinds of different research, but everybody was saying the same thing. So I'm hmm. like, oh, okay, maybe. This is, it's sad to say, but this is the five star yeah. of the asylums. Yes. Gosh. Yep. Because every asylum 
just, you know, mm-hmm. like you said, treated the people poorly. Yeah. So all of that anger, hatred, sadness, whatever, all the adjectives, right. you know, eventually comes back karma. And, you know, then you have these shadow figures, a crawler, whatever. And then the investigators go back and this is what they face. And, you know, that's the theory. The assumptions come back to the fact that all these emotions just make up Mm -hmm. all of this. It's it's terrible. Yeah. But today, some of the buildings of the former Peoria State Hospital still stand on the site, though. And efforts have been made to preserve the hospital's history and raise awareness of mental health issues through preserving artifacts and the establishment, actually, of a museum on site. So there's a museum. Oh, my gosh. Really? Yeah. So uh, I think it was like, what, what did I say? 63 or 64 buildings used to be here and only 11 now remain. All hmm. of them have been essentially like torn down. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still a couple of cottages left. And uh, a couple of those cottages mm. do have do have activity there. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. I would expect yeah. that. So the the museum here, the Peoria State Hospital Museum, offers museum tours, history tours, and paranormal tours. I'm highly interested. So, I mean, if anybody else is interested, just go to PeoriaStateHospital.com. And you can book your tours through there. This needs to be like a birthday trip. <laughs> <laughs> you have like a lot to pick from. We've it's done like, a lot of good stories. It's like, what do you want for your birthday? Well, I want a paranormal trip. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go see ghosts. <laughs> Happy birthday. Yeah. <laughs> this is good. Yeah. I love it. Nice job. Yeah. But anything else before we, we wrap up today's episode? I can't think of anything. Can you? I, I just want to give a shout out just because I happen to look over and mm-hmm. I see all the boxes remnants, I oh, guess, yes. if you will, yes, of yes. everything that we've sent out for our giveaways, a- our anniversary giveaways. The people, mm-hmm. our, our listeners, our followers who shout out to you guys. Yeah. Who have been following us, who won our, our contest. So Ooh. we had a couple of first prize, second prize and third prize yep. winners. Yep. So everything has officially gone out. Everything yep. is, is out and done. And I've, shout out to the people that have reached out to us. Yeah. Just simple comments like, I love your show. Some people do say, I'm addicted to listening yeah. or, you know, whatever. People the commenting fact. on our drinks. Commenting on the drinks. Anything that you just send our way, you know, just really makes our day. Yeah. So, I mean, thank you to all you guys. Uh, thanks for following. Thanks for listening. Shout out to you guys. Yes, absolutely. So with that, until next time, thanks for joining us for another happy hour in the Spirit Lounge. I am Lily. And I'm Vanessa. And this was the Haunted Happy Hour Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. And if you have Echo devices, an easy way to listen is just say, Alexa, play Haunted Happy Hour Podcast. Plus, follow us on Facebook and Instagram to check out our next episode teaser and drink feature. See if you can guess what our next theme will be. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers.